0: This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number 18, John Buchigrass. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with Responsible Coaching and Responsible Sports Parenting. In this episode, Jim talks with ESPN anchor and writer, John Yeah,
1: I was kind of a late bloomer physically, and I've kind of carried that over, and I think that that was a a blessing and a positive for me, uh, because it always, you know, it, it makes you become a worker early, whether it be to try to gain weight or try to get stronger or try to be smarter. And, uh, and, and that can, I kind of when you're a late bloomer, it stays with you forever.
0: John talks with Jim about being a youth sports parent, a late bloomer among his peers, and the important lessons a youth athlete can learn from playing sports.
2: John, um, I want to start off by introducing you to our audience. John Buchigras has been an anchor for ESPN since 1996. He currently serves as a co-host for SportsCenter every weekday. For six years, he served as the host for NHL Tonight. John also is a writer, uh, a weekly ESPN.com columnist, and uh, authored a book with Keith Jones entitled, Jonesy, Put Your Head Down and Skate, The Improbable Career of Keith Jones. Beyond his professional endeavors, John is also a youth sports parent. In one of his columns, written back in December 2009, entitled, 13 Simple Rules for Hockey Parents Everywhere, John wrote about what he says to his son as he gets out of the car and heads to the rink to play hockey. Jack, be the hardest, most creative, and grittiest worker and be the one having the most fun. I think we can safely count John in the ranks of responsible sports parents. John currently lives in South Windsor, Connecticut. John, thanks for joining us.
1: You bet. Good to be here.
2: You've been covering the NHL for a long time. Some people say the the culture surrounding professional sports uh, which could be construed construed as a win at all cost culture, is trickling down into youth sports. What do you think of this, and is, is that a problem?
1: Um, well, I can only speak of my uh, experiences at, here in South Windsor, Connecticut, um, with I guess little league baseball and the youth and youth hockey. Um, my son's a second year peewee. Wee, and at least from what I've seen, uh, it's been a pretty pretty responsible uh, experience, pretty uh, civil experience with coaches and, and, and players. We all get emotional, especially in hockey. It's an emotional sport. But at least from, from what I see, I think for the most part, as far as the games are concerned, um, I think I'm pretty happy with what I see. Um, maybe the only thing with with hockey is sometimes parents get a little ambitious and uh, and have their kids take part in these travel programs, which um you know for maybe a little uh, the better athlete or the better player or, or what they perceive as the better player or the better league that that requires more travel and more money uh more commitment and uh especially in the in the in a pre pubescent kid, I think it's completely unnecessary uh a waste of money a waste of time and um and certainly don't endorse it. Perhaps as they get older, 13, 14, and you can maybe see a spark of talent, um, then perhaps that's something maybe you would go, but I, I think I still might not go in that direction unless my kid happened happen to be a prodigy. I would probably just keep him in my local rink, keep him with his friends nearby, and then when he hits high school, then everything will take care of itself.
2: Well, I think one of the concerns I, I know with, with uh, Positive Coaching Alliance, the organization I started to help change the culture of youth sports <clears throat> one of the concerns is that the fun is being taken out of sports uh, by the pressure from coaches parents uh, winning um, I, I really liked what one of the things you wrote in in your column where you said hockey this is a quote hockey is a very 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 difficult game to play um, that's to, to parents <clears throat> to you know encourage them to lighten up a little bit
1: mm-hmm Yeah, and uh, you see that a lot with first-time parents, first time through, and uh, and I think as parents have a second or a third kid, they learn from their mistakes and and they get perspective, and 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 I think they're a little more measured. Um, And also, as you get older, when as the game gets more physical, that's when you also see things get more emotional, and people complaining about you know aggressive hits and screaming at a kid, and then that kid's parents will defend that, uh, that kid who perhaps did do uh, the aggressive act. Um, so th- th- that's when, you know, things can also get a little bit uh, hairy in that situation. Uh, but luckily with, you know, sports and mites and peewees, especially now the checkings out of peewees, um, then I think it's you know, a little more calm, a little more hockey and skill-based, and I think for the most part, like, again, what I've seen, I, I've never experienced anything really ugly with um, with my peewee son yet. Uh, my first son, maybe there were a couple incidents um, in games and things. But again, for the most part, I've never seen anything egregious yet um, going to uh, local rinks.
2: You know, let's talk about professional athletes and coaches um, and their role as role models um, do you do you think professional athletes and coaches um, should carry a responsibility as a role model?
1: Yes, to a small extent, but that is a business and it is a money making business, and and these people are building careers and trying to, uh, you know, provide for their families. So there's going to be certainly situations when they align themselves and and angle for uh, whether it be. Uh, to try to win and try to manage a situation that benefits them and, and is, uh, is kind of you know, geared towards themselves because it is their livelihood, where when you're a volunteer youth coach, um, you know, your focus should just be certainly on the kid, uh, focusing on discipline and structure and energy and enthusiasm and fostering an environment where a kid can love the game as much as he can and have an energy and to understand that, you know, in life most things are, are done with energy. That's where everything starts, uh, to have that buzz about you, that voltage. And that starts with a coach who's engaged, and looks kids in the eyes, and gets down at their level and shows an enthusiasm in practice. You know, one drill I do with my goalies is I'll take a handful of pucks of 10 or 20 and I'll just I'll throw them like sidearm. Kind of like a shortstop throws to first base, um, just at their glove. You know, let let let's let, let do you know just to work on the art of catching the puck, and because um, a lot of kids don't play all, different sports now, so some kids just simply don't play catch and they don't play baseball, so they can't the goalies can't catch the puck. loss. I'll just throw ten pucks in a row and I'll root them on, and here we go, let's go, let's do ten pucks. Anytime there's dead time in the practice, or I'll throw three cones down. Well, you know, when you have a drill of four or five lines, guys to a line, Hey, give me give me five quick pearls through these cones here, just to kind of keep things going, show an interest, show an energy level, show a passion, and uh, you know from there, everything, and that's where everything starts. You know, obviously, with adults and professional uh, people, it's a little bit different. Um, so I, I think you just have to kind of pick and choose your own, and, uh, and hockey, that's the great thing about hockey, is there's plenty of examples of, of people like Sidney Crosby and Wayne Gretzky and Bobby Orr, who are the most talented and the hardest workers and the most well-mannered people as well so hockey is lucky in that regard that these the part of the culture is is kind of produces good role models at least on the surface
2: yeah that's great thank you Um, so let's say you're you're, uh, a parent who is about to coach for the first time is listening to to this podcast what advice could you share for a a first-time coach to you already mentioned something really important is about the energy that a coach brings to the practice and to the athletes. Any other thoughts about what first time parent coaches should be focusing on?
1: Yeah, you know, certainly again, lots of, lots of energy, lots of smiling energy, not drill instructor energy, a drill instructor energy and um, you know, almost like a, a policeman or a state trooper type of, uh, persona. You don't want that. Um, y- you want more of the uh, you know the smiling, energetic person, almost the uh, motivational speaker kind of a kind of a personality. And um, and certainly with practice to keep the pace moving. Don't have the kids stand around too much. Um, let them have you know certainly a lot of freelance time um, when they can just kind of skate around and give them a puck and just go. You know I've I've never really been a head coach before. I've always been an assistant coach and. You know, one thing, if I was a head coach, every once in a while, I'd have the first half hour of practice. I would just sit on the bench and just go do whatever you want. I'd go grab a puck, play a little, you know, just talk and, and stick handle and just subconsciously kind of skate around and, and you know, and, and fiddle and dangle and, and try different things and, and just have and just kind of feel the joy of skating. Um, and that's one thing, you know, there, anybody who skates is probably ever in a bad mood while they skate. And uh, it's just it's just a joyful, floating feeling and uh i think kids could just experience that more just let them go run around and so especially when you're talking 6 7 8 9 just kind of go skate and stick handle and, and uh not stand in line and, and, and wait for different drills and drills are good no doubt about it and you need to stick handle and you can try different. you need to get agile and you want um different you know power skating uh fundamentals and things like that but really for the most part let them freelance once in a while and uh, and, and let them and let them in uh just kind of create on their own, and not have so much structure.
2: There's a lot of criticism in soccer <clears throat> that um, American soccer players, kids, are being drilled all the time and overcoached. And kids in Brazil and other other soccer crazy countries, um, they get they they play in the streets. They don't have a lot of uh, coaches telling them what to do, and and consequently, there's more. Uh, the, so the theory goes more creativity in, um, foreign soccer players in the United States. Do you think that makes sense?
1: I think it does. You know, I I think other part of, you know, the soccer issue is just, it's just not part of the culture. So kids don't get, uh, they don't feel the support, the energy, the ambition to be a soccer player like you do in Brazil or like a young hockey player has in Canada. Um, it just, it's just part of the culture and it, it has an importance to it. It has a status symbol to it. And, uh, and, you know, as a little kid, and you know, you're looking for acceptance and, uh, and status in, in some way, it just to be a part of that is exciting, and it pushes you, and you can feel it. Uh, it's kind of organic. And um, I, I, I think that matters, just, that matters a lot. It, uh, and, but also, yeah, I think tactically they do, do things. They, they play in smaller groups. They play in smaller areas. And that's one thing certainly hockey is trying. USA hockey is playing, you know, half-ice games with five and six years old. Don't make it a breakaway game. Make it as small a space as possible to learn little subtle plays, subtle passes. As gigantic as a soccer field is, uh, the most beautiful plays and the most, uh, you know, most important plays and most effective plays are the ones in the small areas. The give and goes, the pass, the heel passes, uh, the chip passes, and certainly hockey with sauce passes and uh, little give and goes. That's learned, that's best learned obviously in the small area. And we're starting, to, and certainly that's a that's a good gr- good good progress to be made. So, um, I, I do agree that you know, the more creativity we give a kid, and, and to be smart about it in terms of smaller areas, um, hopefully will, you know, there'll be some dividends in the future.
2: Yeah, thank you. Can you sp- uh, point to a specific life lesson you learned from playing sports growing up that that you still use in your professional career today?
1: Well, I think the overriding uh, ethic of just improving. Um, you know, I was kind of a late bloomer physically, and I've kind of carried that over, and I think that that was a, a blessing and a positive for me because uh, it always, you know, it, it makes you become a worker early, whether it be to try to gain weight or try to get stronger or try to be smarter, and uh, and and that kind of when you're a late bloomer, it stays with you forever. Um, some of the best athletes, some of the best professional athletes, were late bloomers. Um, we're seeing that's becoming a trend, and and I, I and I, and that that's the over that's what sports is because sports you can see improvement. It's right there. Now, uh, whether you're lifting weights or doing push-ups, you can see your muscles get bigger. You can you can see yourself shoot better. There's a, there's a, there's a great return. There's a good uh, immediate return on that, which makes sports wonderful, and. Uh, but I also, one of the biggest things I learned playing sports is you can actually, toughness can be learned. Um, you can You can get tougher. You can get braver. You can work on that. And you can actually, you know, through trial and error, your own pace, your own experimentation, you can actually get tougher. And I think those two things of improvement, learning to improve, under, learning how to study to improve, learning how to get information, where to get the information, to have a thirst for getting information, to improve your technique, to improve your practice habits, to uh, improve your love of the game through learning about other people's uh, stories and how they improve and how they do it. Um, and just that, that, that toughness and that energy that it takes to be good at anything. And uh, that's, yeah, we're not talking fighting, we're not talking that kind of toughness, we're just talking about, you know, the mental and the physical and uh, toughness that it takes to endure and have stamina and, and do anything, whether you're, whether you're doing a project around the house, whether you're playing a hockey game, or whether you're just trying to be a good parent and to show and, – and when you're tired and you're, you get up and you do something, you do the right thing and, and you be there for your kid and you, you make a good dinner and you, you, you get healthy food and and just you know all those things. So that, that's that's the big thing that sports taught me growing up, just that trying to get better in all areas.
2: Yeah, I really like that. Um, with Positive Coaching Alliance, we, we teach coaches about the Elm Tree of Mastery, where Elm stands for E for effort, give your best effort every time; L for learning, no matter how badly things are going, can you learn something from it? And then M for bouncing back from mistakes. And you really really cover that in uh, a really wonderful way. Thank you. You have kids who play sports. What uh, what are your main goals for for them in sports? Uh,
1: it, it's really to you know to, to love the game. Uh, that that's certainly you know I've never had any problem loving all the games that I played um, growing up. You know I played basketball and, and baseball and and some you know where I, there was no youth hockey where I grew up in the part of the country. So it was just street hockey and pond hockey and um, and then again just getting you know, learning and loving the game even more uh, growing up as an adult. But, uh, you know, I've been playing golf as I as I got in teenage years, and that became a, a favorite game of mine because there is a lot of technique and, and improvement. And, again, you can see improvement. Um, and so just to have that joy, the joy of skating, the joy of shooting a jump shot, swishing a jump shot from 18 feet, that, that feeling of hitting an 8-iron just pure and see that ball in the air. And uh, to just to, to feel that improvement and that tangible improvement and uh that's the big thing that i want overall for my kids when they play sports and certainly the feeling the being part of a team and understand the team dynamics and different personalities and the togetherness and the locker room uh fun the banter you know the the the, you know the, the wits going back and forth it's really good it's a good thing to sharp the mind to be witty and to be funny and to and, and to win the, you know, the, the feeling of sacrificing for the team, that's a great dynamic, the team dynamic, and that's one of hockey's strengths as well. Is that that it's, a, it's just a perfect sport for that. So, um, and that's feeling the team. And, and really the, the big thing for me in the end is just exercise, just to get out and, and to, you know, to, to really have an understanding of fitness and health and eating well and getting your rest and exercising hard. And that life is obviously, I mean, the most important thing in life is health. There's, it's hard to have a you know a happy and fulfilling and a productive life when you're not healthy. It, it's just you know obviously a lot of it's genetic, and and a lot of it is you know how you treat your body and uh, and how you eat and things like that. So, but yet in the end, the exercise, just to, especially for hockey, again, it's the great it's a great sport for building strength and uh, lung extra, and, and also for for your lungs as well. So it's a, it's a that's really the number one thing: is just getting out of the house and exercising, and and, and understanding that that benefit of, for your body and your mind.
2: You know, you mentioned earlier you were a late bloomer, and um, just thinking to your thing about you wanting your kids to to love the game. I think one of the things that sometimes happens with early bloomers is they get so much coaching, they get so much attention. Um, that sometimes the, the love of the game, just of playing, gets kind of squeezed out. So, so being a late bloomer can actually be a good thing to, to, you know, you get to love the game more.
1: No doubt. And uh, certainly, again, like you said, late, early bloomers, they're often on the, you know, they, they're on the better teams. They get the better coaches at times, or, and there may be the better competition, which certainly can help um, develop as, a, as an athlete because you are playing against better competition. You're always pushing yourself. But as a late bloomer, you're able to kind of go at your own pace. You kind of figure out maybe more things on your own. Um, you work hard because you have to work hard. You have to find a way to get stronger. Your off-field you're off or off-ice habits might be a little bit better. And they stay with you for the rest of your life because you, you're always you're always kind of that kid uh, for the rest of your life, whether you're a late bloomer, whether you're overweight, whether anything, even if you – you know eventually bloom or eventually get your weight under control you probably still feel like that same uh kid so uh and when you're a late bloomer you're always pushing and you're always trying to keep up and you're always uh and also t- what's the what you know the best virtues of being a late bloomer is it teaches you to be patient because you know you have these examples of you know it took a while but it happened and as it as those moments of frustration maybe you're not playing a lot or you're at the end of the bench you're you still you know you still believe in yourself and you're still patient. You still work because eventually it worked out, and that, that kind of happened a lot of my youth and high school careers. I kind of started at the, at the on the bench. I might have played a little bit. Then by the end of the year, I was playing every single minute. That happened my senior year in high school on the basketball team, where I I kind of started the year on the bench. And this is I, after really working hard in the summer and visualizing personal success and team success uh just imagining the team and, and picturing great moments and and then the, the the season didn't start off real well, but by the end of the year, I was playing literally every minute because I was a safe player and and i didn't make a lot of mistakes I kept it kind of you know simple and uh obviously coaches like safe dependable you know thoughtful players um and those are the players they they, they like out there and uh, and that's how I've always kind of been and, and I ended up in every minute of every game in the in the postseason tournament so that kind of taught me in with my with my television career same thing i started off in a very small station i was there for five years it took a while and and even after i got to espn it kind of you know kind of took a while i just kind of you know kept showing up every day and kept doing my job and then finally just things kind of bloom there as well but in any every situation for me it's always taken a while <laughs> it's always been a kind of a, again a late bloomer things kind of take time I don't force the issue a lot. I like to sit back and analyze and just do my job, and uh, so patience is is another great uh, virtue from being a late bloomer.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. You know, um, in your uh, rules for hockey parents, you uh, you I, again, this is a quote that really jumped out at me. You encourage parents not to waste quote long term heart power screaming at referees. Um, say, can you say some more about that long term heart power? I love that phrase.
1: Yeah, just you know, there's obviously it just seems like when you when you have those moments of just rage and and you're screaming, it just it seems like it maybe do a little bit of damage to your heart. It's it's every, every the blood pressure rises and it's just unnecessary stress on uh on 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 that part of your body and get get getting the heart beating and uh and just that the the blood pressure rising and uh, it just seems like it's unnecessary, especially when it, there's so much anger and. And uh, an in instant and very quick yeah, very quick jolt of rage, and, uh, and like I talk about, especially when you're talking about Wee and squirts, I mean, the lifetime power play success percentage probably in every squirt or might game is probably one half of one percent. and peewee it doesn't go up much more. So I mean, it's just not worth a 60-second penalty or a 90-second penalty. It's just other, you know, how many power-play goals do you see a mite or a squirt team score? They just don't. So just, you know, just, you know, and they place that there are bad referees and they're and they're not. They might make bad calls or they don't understand the the art of just trying to balance it out a little bit, especially at that age. Um, so, and especially when some coaches have power play units and, and penalty kill units, and that really can hurt a kid's ice time. Now, in you know, the last two years, the coaches that I've been involved, we don't do that. If you're up, you're up. You go out there. There's no power play unit or penalty kill unit. And uh, and so, likely, we're not affected by that. But some teams have those. So, if there's a lot of penalties. Some kids not going to get out there to get out of power play or get a penalty kill. And like my first son, that happened with his, you know, growing up. I, did, I wasn't involved coaching my first son. And when he was a mite and a squirt, there were actually Power play units and penalty kill units, it's
2: maddening. Yeah, that's uh, you know. I just thinking about you know somebody who's um, you know singing or uh, or even cheering for you know in a positive way. That 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 ex, um, that use of energy can be kind of exhilarating as opposed to as you're talking about when you the rage comes out. It uh,
1: right, right. Yeah, that, that, that's just a negative kind of feeling. But like you said, when your son scores or, or just a, and I feel those little – I, I kind of prefer those little moments. I mean, I'll see a great pass. Like when I watch hockey on TV, I'm just exhilarated by the skating or just a beautiful backhand pass, a great play by a defenseman who instead of just wrapping it up the boards will make a nice little – again, those 10-foot passes like the soccer players in the small areas, just those nice little boom, 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 and they're out. But, but that just fills me up with a – with an elation and satisfaction to see that nice little play. And, uh, and then certainly the moment of scoring, like you said, and uh, a great play, that, that, that's just the best feeling. And, and hockey and soccer are, are great in that regard because there are low-scoring games. They're territorial games. The game is just kind of at a simmer. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have this moment of elation. Um, and they don't come very often. So when they come, you know, you obviously it, it's very exciting. It's much more like a Christmas time feeling because it just it doesn't come every day. So uh, yeah, those are those are the best feelings. Uh, one of the best feelings you can have in sport.
2: Oh, that's great. So so think about parents who are <clears throat> sitting at home with their kids watching ESPN highlights, and they see pay- players or coaches who aren't honoring the game. And you know, thinking about Serena's recent U.S. Open outburst or Zidane's famous headbutt. Um, what advice do you have for parents who are watching those kind of things on TV with their kids? How to how to handle that.
1: Yeah, certainly, um, you know, you, you, like anything, you, you talk about it and you you say that's not the kind of behavior that I like and here's why it's not good and here's why you probably shouldn't do it. Um, and, you know, sometimes it can be simple and direct and sometimes you can be a little more subtle and, and, and uh, you know, it all starts with certainly well, human decency and, and being well-mannered and, and just treating people well. And then there's other reasons you can kind of go into sometimes to... Uh, to, to talk about it, and each thing is different. Uh, each moment is different, there's, there's, and that's you know when you have the ability to, as a parent to do that, and to really spell out what happened. Here's why it might have happened, and here's why they might have gone over the line, and and here's you know why they got so emotional, and maybe how you can handle it. You know, so it's, I enjoy those conversations. And again, going back to hockey, there's just so many great examples of, of sacrifice, and hard work, and persistence. And not showing up when you score a goal in an eight-one game, uh, and certainly not celebrating when you're down eight to one—that's kind of disrespectful to your own team. Those little things, and uh, and again, sometimes some of those rules are, are are maybe too far and silly, but there is some value in, in that that you can uh, that certainly you can take to everyday life, and they're just just good, solid values to have. And um, and so yeah, when you do watch a sport and see negative things, and you can. Talk about it why that's bad and and why that guy might do it, and how how you would handle it,
2: yeah, no, it's a real teachable moment and and a nice interaction between a parent and child uh yeah I love
1: those and like and you know, and that's the joy of talking to my you know my youngest son Jack is he kind of gets it and he understands it, and you know we play golf too, that's why golf is just a great game too because it's such a game of integrity and certainly non-violence, and, uh, you know, you, you call rules on yourself. You play the ball down. You don't touch it. You don't, you know, you, you don't touch the ball until it's in the hole. And uh, all those great little rules and, and manners and etiquette, don't step on your opponent's line, don't stand right behind him when he's putting. You know, it's fun teaching him those things because, that, that again, those things can spill over into regular life. And uh, so, you know, it's funny how, how opposite hockey and golf are but those are the two sports that I find teach um, the most uh, about, uh, about life and about just being a, a better person. And, and they, they, you know, they both might have their negative aspects too, but um, I think that those are the two sports that teach the most.
2: Well, I think the, it, it's, the, it's the pressure, it's the opportunity to not uh, <clears throat> act with honor uh, that makes it such a great character education opportunity. If, if it were easy... Um, if you didn't have temptations uh, to lose your cool or cheat or whatever, then it wouldn't be as great an opportunity for kids to learn.
1: Yeah, and I've written about that in my columns as well on ESPN.com. I, I, I like my kids to do hard things um, when they're kids, whether it be you know, guitar lessons or hockey or golf. Um, these are difficult things, and it's good for them because when they're you know, able to do a difficult thing, again, that just fills you with the confidence. I mean, most people, you go to a public skate and they can't ice skate. And of course, my kids are out there, and they're going backwards and effortless. Especially when they take all their hockey equipment off, they feel like you know they're even less inhibited, and they can they're just beautiful skaters. And um, or, or when they go golfing, obviously most people have a hard time hitting the golf ball. You know, they have beautiful golf swings, or they play the, the piano, or play you know play guitar, or do Rubik's Cube, or just something. Uh, it, it, it's you know it's I've always kind of pushed my kids to try to do difficult things. And um, and it's a it's a good thing it's a great exer you know it's a great mind exercise to uh, to do it and be able to overcome things and become good at something difficult.
2: Wow, that's that's great advice. Um, last question, hot topic in hockey and certainly in football too is head injury. Um, what what did, what do parents of youth hockey players need to think about in terms of the uh, head injuries with their kids? Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one for me, because again, I've had no. Luckily, my 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 oldest, who's nineteen, has never suffered a major injury in hockey—never a laceration, never a broken bone, never a concussion—and um, the, the, so far, the second one's been very safe too. And uh, again, they're they're pretty thoughtful. Um, you know, good vision can see the ice. Those things certainly help. And my oldest son was certainly a, a bigger size kid. My younger boy's not. not. Um, so yeah, that's a tough one. I don't really know how to manage it because I, I am a competitive person and I would play hurt and I didn't miss games. I don't call in sick at work. Um, you know, I, I just don't do that. I'm on the schedule I work. Um, I just physically couldn't, can't call in sick. I I, I just could not miss it, could imagine missing a game for any reason. And uh, so I've certainly come from that school of getting out there. So, but, you know, I certainly... With concussions now and the awareness, I I would like to think I'd be smart, especially if you could you just saw a serious hit for a serious fall. Um, so you know I I think certainly when when your kid is is hurt or injured, you uh, you know obviously I think you would act in the right way. I would hope one would. Uh, it, it'd be hard to give any kind of instruction or tips in that regard. You hope you'd have the sympathy and empathy. And, but you know the same because, like I said, I am. I do push my kids to to do to do to give a good effort and to get to school and don't you know if you might not feeling that good to get there and give it a, you know push it and get there and and learn that life you're always not in a great mood you're always not feeling great you're always not might not like your job you just keep showing up and get through it it'll get better and so uh so the, so that is a difficult one for me because I just don't have a lot of
2: experience in it. Yeah. Well, John, um, it's, it, this has been great. I've learned a lot, and just thinking about the way you approach sports and the way you pr- uh, approached your broadcasting career of, you know, patience and persistence, always showing up, working hard, getting better, uh, and now you've got a, a platform where, you know, millions of people pay attention to what you say, and I really appreciate you using that platform to, to talk about honoring the game, and w- we we have a you know, responsible coaches are in our mind are coaches who have two goals they're trying to win and they're using sports to teach life lessons. So I just want to thank you for using that platform that you have to promote these uh, positive values in sports and to thank you for sharing your, your wisdom with uh, our listeners today. Thanks so much for having me. I really had a a great time.
0: To learn more about responsible sports, including downloading valuable tools on how to help your athletes bounce back from mistakes, visit responsiblesports.com. You'll find helpful, responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.